0: Hey there, this is Pastor Cory, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey everybody, my name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life. And no matter where you are today, whether you're watching online or you're streaming in your car as you drive, we just want to say thank you for engaging with today's message. We hope that no matter where you are in life, it will be an encouragement to you and that it will cause you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. We also want to challenge you and say don't leave today without taking the next step that you need to take in your faith journey. One of the ways that we can help you with that is if you go to branchlife.church, you'll find steps there on how to take that next step for you. Again, we're thankful that you've engaged with us today and we hope that we'll see you in the weeks to come. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Josh. I, I wanna just say thank you so much for joining us for, for a worship uh, here online with Branch Life Church and we're glad that you're a part of this. Uh, you probably will agree with this next statement we've all got something to complain about. I mean, there's a lot going on right now and at most conversations, some conversations that we're in, uh, there's probably something that we could complain about, something that we could be upset by. Uh, we are in 2020 after all. Today we're gonna talk about complaining and, uh, and what do we do with life when there's stuff that is troubling us or bothering us. So like in my house, my wife, she's amazing, she's incredible, uh, she started a renovation project in our kitchen, uh, repainting all the cabinets. It was a great idea a month ago. And, uh, the doors in our cabinets have been spread out through our garage and through our kitchen and week after week. And finally I found myself complaining that I couldn't get through my garage and the toys were starting to get stacked up and we just couldn't move through there. And, and it was just something that started to bother me. And I, I, I overlooked this incredible beautification project that was going on and started to complain. You, you might be complaining about, um, some of the stuff connected to the pandemic. I mean, everybody who's got a kid in school right now probably has something to complain about. You, You might like what the schools are doing. You might not like what the schools are doing. You may be forced to totally change your work patterns and your habits because now all of a sudden the kids are homeschooled again, or they're going in the building too much, or they're not going in the building enough. And grandparents have to jump in and we can find ourselves complaining complaining about the decisions our bosses are making complaining about what's going on in our own homes in the relationships that we have we might have lost our jobs or been laid off of work we might we might have health concerns and health scares there is a lot that we could be complaining about right now the same is true as you read the bible you find tons of stories of people complaining uh reasons, good reasons that people have to deal with trouble. I just think of Job and his story. He lost his home. He lost his kids. He lost his health and, and he didn't know what to do with that. And so he was complaining to his friends and, and complaining to God and, and trying to talk all this stuff to even Jesus himself, uh, when he was in the garden before he was going to hang on the cross. I mean, talk about somebody who had something to complain about. He was going to die for something that he had, that he didn't do. Uh, he was in the garden and he said to God, make make this cup pass for me. You think of David and David's who wrote a lot of the Psalms that we're looking at this summer. David finds himself trapped in a cave. He's running from Saul and Saul's hunting him down because he doesn't want him to be the next king. He's gonna kill him. And, and so David is literally trapped in this cave. And from the cave, he writes a song of complaint. Psalm 142. Actually, it starts off by by this. It says, "Um, uh, a musical of David when he was in the cave and it's a prayer. And he says, With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble to him. You know, I'm standing in front of the Ashwood fires. This was 45 apartments that three weeks ago Thursday burnt to the ground. None of these homes survived. The possessions are a total loss. By the grace of God, not one of the 100 people that were in there died or lost their life, yet one still is hospitalized. You think about the third week into this and working with these families, uh, as we've been able to do as a church, it's, there's a lot. There's a lot to complain about. There's a lot that's been lost. There's only eight of the 45 uh, units have found permanent homes. That means that the rest of them are staying in friends and family's couches or in hotel rooms. They've lost all of their stuff. They've lost all their mementos. They've lost their, their pictures. They, they're just going through a lot right now. What do they do with that trouble? Is there, is there a place that they can go to complain? Is complaining even right? That's what we want to talk about together today. And we're gonna look at Psalm 55, another Psalm of David. And David was pretty good at complaining. And it's gonna teach us that there is a safe place to complain. So I hope you're ready to strap in and ready to look at this together and to, to talk about what we can do when life throws trouble at us and how to handle that as Christians or as people on our, anywhere on our spiritual journey. So I'm gonna throw this back over to the studio. And join us as we look at Psalm 55 today, A Safe Place. your bibles grab it and run to the book of psalms we're in the middle of our psalms series and remember what we're saying about these psalms these are ancient songs that should be a part of your summer playlist right now in 2020 and you will find every emotion every thought every struggle every victory in these psalms if you take the psalm challenge and read a psalm every day or every week We're highlighting one psalm a week through this series and today we're going to be highlighting Psalm 55 and you're going to probably relate to Psalm 55 because Psalm 55 is all about complaining. And uh, we've already talked about all the stuff that we probably have to complain about in these moments and in these times. There's stressors, there's trouble, uh, there's things that we have to process. And so what does the Bible say about how we handle this trouble, these things that annoy us, that frustrate us, that hurt us? And so Psalm 55 gives us an answer to that. And this is the same thing that David struggled with, the composer of this song, and he's in this space. Today was a hard day for him. And so as we talk about it, this is your time to vent. This is the day to get it out. This is the moment to lay it all out on the table. You ever get to that spot where you just want to bend somebody's ear and let all of it go? That's what we're talking about today. In Psalm 55, so hopefully you've gotten to Psalm 55. If this was a painting and we were gonna title it, we title Psalm 55 a safe place. A safe place to share your troubles, a safe place to bend somebody's ear, a safe place to vent. And as we look at this, uh, this Psalm and we think about this song, let some very deep and powerful truths sink in for you today. The first truth we want you to understand from Psalm 55 is simply this. God listens when you cry. God listens when you cry. There's been moments in my life where I have been brought to tears. For those of you that know me, that's not a big surprise. Uh, But as we've been traveling through these last three weeks with these fire families, there has been moments for for these families that they have lost everything, uh, yet life goes on. And there has been some incredible tragedies and incredible victories that come in life. And with the heaviness of the fire, adding the heaviness and the regularness of life, man, sometimes it just brings you to tears thinking about it. Uh, my son Will just yesterday burst into tears because he was playing out on a playground and he reached up and he didn't realize that a hornet had made his home there and he got stung right on the inside of his elbow and he just began to cry because it hurt. I mean getting stung is not a pleasant thing and when we go through these things that hurt, when we go through these moments of pain and we cry, whether we cry out or whether we moan or whether we complain God hears those things. God listens in those moments, and He is there for you. God provides a safe place for you to express yourself, and He promises to listen. Look in Psalm 55, verses 1 to 2. It says this Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan. Just today I was talking to a friend of mine and she was she was someone who lost her mother at a young age. She was telling me the story of her mom passing away when she was only around 19 and her mom had gotten sick and her mom had a strong faith and she wouldn't complain through her sickness. She never had a bad thing to say. She always put on a positive spirit and she was learning how to handle these things, but there were moments in this sickness for her mother where she wasn't complaining with her words, but she was moaning because of her pain. And sometimes we have those moments where it just hurts, where life is hard, and it's trying to get from one moment to the next. And we try not to say anything negative or bad, but we just we just moan. God hears those moans. God hears those prayers. God hears. Those troubles he sees every moment from him. There's nowhere that you can go to hide from God. There's not a mountain high enough or an ocean deep enough to get away from God. God is attentive to you. So Psalm 55 is all about talking to the right person about life's pains. And that right person is God. He provides that safe place. His door is always open. His phone is always on. He always answers. He always responds. He will give you the listening ear that you need when it is time to get it out. God is the one that gives ear to your prayer. The psalm goes on to the, in the next few verses in verses 6-8 to, to say, And I say, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and then be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find shelter from the raging wind and the tempest. And these are the moments, right, where you realize, if I could just get out of here, if I could just sprout wings and fly, I would find some place where I would be away from the storm, where I'd be away from the pain. I would just... I, I need a vacation. I need to set myself aside for a while. I need to get out of this relationship. I need to get out of this circumstance. I need to get out of this turmoil. In, in, uh, in summer camp growing up, we often went through exercises where we would take our problems, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, and you'd be challenged to write a problem on a, on a stick or something and then throw it in the fire, and there's a meme going around right now that says, hey, did anyone write COVID-19 on a stick and throw it in a fire at camp cuz we want this thing to go away. We want to just sprout I want this to be over. My business is my business line profitability is going down. I can't take one more day in that mask. I don't know if I have if I'm safe when I even go out to the grocery store. I miss my church family and worshiping together with them. I wish I could just be done with this. That's the feeling that David had. That's the feeling that this psalmist says. And when you, when you sing this song, you're acknowledging that we all have these moments where we just want to get away. It gets deepest and heaviest when those moments turn into despair. And those despair turns into depression, and depression turns into the desire to escape by even just taking your own life. In those dark moments, Where we wish there was a way out. God says, that's not the way. But there is a safe place. And it's in my presence. I will listen. I will put my arm around you. I will comfort you. So we're looking at Psalm 51 and we think about this truth. God listens when you cry. So talk to him. So talk to God in these moments when you've got complaints, when it's not going exactly right, talk to God. We call it prayer. And sometimes it sounds like a super spiritual answer to say, hey, prayer will help you right now. But prayer will help you right now. Prayer is one of the most effective and powerful things that you can do to cast your cares on Jesus. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that you have in this relationship and in this time. In the opening, we talked about Job, and Job was a guy who had a story to tell. Job was someone who lost his family. He lost his job. He lost his health. Sounds like 2020 hit Job pretty hard. And Job wrestled with God and God's role with this, and he, he yelled out to God. And one of the things that Job said about God is he said, I, I was at my best. I was at my prime when the friendship with God was over my tent. In other words, when I was a friend of God, when God and I would just walk and talk together, when we had regular connection and regular communication, that's when things went well. That's when I was able to process these hurts. When I'm at my prime, when God is my friend. And so you talk to your friend. Talk to God, who is your friend. And God will offer you a listening ear. One of the great challenges we have in this season is as as believers, as people who know God and love God, we are not able to gather together like we used to. And there's a lot of churches doing a lot of creative things, including broadcasting online, including meeting outside, which we do, weather permitting, at 9 o'clock. So that we can gather ourselves together, so that we can sing songs together, so that we can look in God's word together, and so that we can pray together together. And in those moments, we are paying attention to our friend, God. We are allowing God to be a part of our every day and our every moment. And when God is your friend, you will regularly be involved in the practice of the church. You will regularly connect with him through the church body. And it's something that's super important. I heard this said this week that those who are able to gather have an access to joy that those who do not gather do not have. In other words, we'll put it like this. If you're able to gather, even if it's online, if you're able to gather in person and allow that to continue to nourish your soul, you're able to tap into joyfulness. And those who have been disconnected from the gathering of the brothers have have a harder time tapping into joy. And it's, it's the same experience, it's the same trials, it's the same difficulties, but there's a difference that comes when we strengthen our connection to our friend. God hears you. So talk to him. Talk to him in prayer. Sing to him through song. Hear from him through the Psalms that we challenge you to read together today. Are you a person of prayer? Are you someone who relies on prayer? Prayer is a safe place to complain to God. I'll say it like this Complaints should always go up, not out. Complaints should always go up, not out. You don't want to be a person that's known as a complainer who who's telling everybody what's wrong with everything and what's wrong with your life. But God does want to hear those things. And so through prayer, complain up. And don't be someone who's constantly complaining out. You may need that physical friend. God may provide that person for you to talk to, that counselor who will listen to you. But that should be the exception, not the norm. Normally, daily, I'm going to cast my complaints up, not necessarily out. The second thing that we see in this psalm is we see that God gives hope no one else can give. God gives hope that no one else can give. Look at Psalm chapter 55 in verse 16 through 18. But I called to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and He hears my voice, and He redeems my soul in safety. God gives help. That no one else can give. As a matter of fact, if you're a follower of God, if you're someone who's put your faith and trust in God, you have an access to hope that no one else has. You have the ability to process, to understand, and and be strengthened in a way that no one else has. Christ followers have the God of the universe walking along their side, listening to them and strengthening them, We have something that the world does not have and it is a hope that no one else can gain because God is the one. God is the one who can save you. No one else can. You're a person with a body, a spirit, and a soul. And God cares about your soul and only God can care for your soul. Think about it this way. If you're swimming at the beach and We just got done with Shark Week and Shark Week is one of the best weeks of the year for me. One of the worst weeks of the year is the week after Shark Week when it's all gone and there's not anything that I can do about it. And if you're out at the beach and and you're you're swimming and you know there's no sharks so you're out there pretty far and all of a sudden you start to drown and you look out into the beach for someone to come save you but the only one that is there are just kids. They're little kids who don't know how to swim. They're little kids that couldn't possibly wrestle the waves. They're little kids that couldn't get out to you and hold you up and bring you back in. Then you have no hope. There's no one there that can save you. But God is the lifeguard on the beach that has the power to overcome the waves, has the ability and the strength to get to you and to pull you to safety. God is the one who gives you hope. So what are your complaints today? whatever they are, God has the power to overcome them. God has the love to care about them. And God is the one that can offer you hope. So put your hope in God for tomorrow. Put your hope in God for this day. This is the day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, no matter what's come. So as you complain up, realize that God offers you hope that no one else can have. So what should our response be? Well, God gives hope no one else can give. So trust in Him. So trust in Him because He can save your soul. You know, God is for you. God wants the best for you. He wants you to live forever in eternity with Him. God loved you so much that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Have you put your faith and trust in God. Have you come to the moment in life where you realize that you couldn't do this on your own, that you couldn't get through this by yourself, that you are a weak, sinful person, and only God can save your soul. Only God can forgive you of your sins. Listen, there's a lot out there of people telling you what you should think and what you who you should believe and, and what system you should follow. Today, I want to challenge you with this encouragement. Follow Jesus. Jesus was sent here for you. He died on the cross to pay for a price that you couldn't pay, so that your sins could be forgiven and that you could have an eternal destiny with God? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you decided to become a follower of God? There is a hope there that no one else has. And today, if you need hope, today, if you need, if you need answers, today, if you need strength, if you need peace in times of trouble, Jesus is that hope. Will you put your faith and trust in him? Simply take a moment to pray to God in these moments. He hears you remember and say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that Jesus came. He died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. I'm trusting in Jesus for my salvation. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And today, if you pray that prayer, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Would you let us know? Would you comment in the sections on, online here? Say, I prayed that prayer. Would you click the gospel tab? It's being shared in your links there. Go on to branchlife.church slash the gospel and, and you can hear more about this and you can let us know if you've made this response or just simply fill out the response card that we've offered to everybody. And, and if you're with us for the first time or if you're with us for the 10th time or the 10,000th time, we'd love for you today to fill out that response card and let us know how we can pray for you. And maybe you just need to renew your trust in God. Maybe faith is something that you had and it's got away from you. Maybe you haven't been regularly connecting uh, with God during this season. In this moment, you know that you're saved, but you need to put your trust back in God. Let Him be the thing that you trust to save you. He's the only one you can. So in these moments, we encourage you to do that. And the third thing that we see in this psalm and why it's a safe place for our cares is simply this. God carries your cares for you. God carries your burdens so you don't have to. God wants to pick up your complaints. He wants to pick up your trouble. And he wants to carry them so that you are burden free. I don't mean to to oversimplify this. But remember in junior high when you liked that girl. And that girl would be walking through the hallways. And she'd be trying to carry her books. Or she'd have a heavy backpack. And you're the big macho man. And you had your backpack. But you knew. You knew you could carry her books too. So you walked up with all of your junior high swag and you said to that girl, Hey, Melinda, can I carry your books for you? Can I hold your backpack? Can I take that to science class? And all of a sudden, Melinda looked at you and she said, Okay, and she took her books or her backpacks and she lifted them up and she gave them to you. And all of a sudden you carried them. Why? Because you could. Why? Because you cared. God cares for you. Remember, he offers a hope and he listens. And God can and wants to carry your burdens so you don't have to. Maybe you just lost everything in a fire. Maybe you just realized that that you're going to have to be quarantined for 14 days. Maybe your business is not going to survive this pandemic. Maybe your kids are now homeschooled. Maybe you're a teacher and you're having to work in the school and also deal with kids who can't be in school with you. Maybe you're just frustrated and discouraged and you can't put a finger on it. God wants to carry your burden. God wants to hold it for you and walk through life with it so that you don't have to. Look in Psalm chapter 55 verse 22. It simply says this, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. This is one of those verses in the Bible that's repeated not only in Psalms, but also again in the New Testament. This is a principle that carries the test of time. This is true for everyone, everywhere, and every place. If you cast your burdens on God, He will sustain you. No matter where you are in your journey, whatever the difficulty is, how sick you are feeling, how dire the circumstances, how much you have lost, God will sustain you. He will give you this day, and God will sustain you through the next. God is caring for your physical body, but he's also caring for your soul. And God will will sustain your soul no matter what happens. And if the worst comes to worst, and if death knocks at your door, and in Psalm 23 it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil when God is caring for your soul. He sustains us in these moments. So cast your cares on him and let him carry them for you. God carries your cares so you don't have to. So cast your cares on him. Well, how do we do that? That's a great, that's a great sentence. It's a great idea. Maybe you've heard that before, but literally how do I take my concern? How do I take my complaints? How do I take my troubles? and I cast them to God. What does that mean, and what does that look like? Well, in 1 Peter, it gives us some instructions, and I want to spend the brief amount of time that we have together kind of giving you a little bit of how to. So if you have complaints, if you have trouble, if you're burdened right now, how do we deal with it? I said first, put your trust in God. Understand that God is the one that you need to follow, and you need to put your faith and trust in Him. So if you have not yet come to a salvation decision in God, well, do that. Make that decision now. Revisit that. Go to the gospel page. But if you are a follower of God, here's the instruction manual that we need us to follow. In in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your cares on Him because He cares for you. So what's step one? Step one is humble. You need to humble yourself. Let's go back and visit our friend Job. And remember, Job said, I'm at my prime when God is my friend. Job was struggling like nobody else could struggle. You think you got it bad, Job's got it worse, right? And there's always somebody who has it worse, no matter what it is. Just don't forget that. But Job had lost 10 of his kids. He had lost his livelihood, he lost his business. His marriage was in shambles, and his health was, was done. He was gone. He was He was deathly ill. His friends came over, but they were no encouragement. And so Job was trying to have a conversation with God. And in Job's conversation with God, in Job chapter 30, verses 16 and 20, he says, God has cast me into the mire and I have become like dust and ash. I cry to you for help and you do not answer. So Job was in that spot where he was not being, he thought God wasn't hearing him. He was cast down. He was on his back. His legs were kicking and flailing. And he was like, "God, where are you? You're doing this to me. It's awful. This hurts and I'm in an incredible amount of pain." And he started to try to explain to God and talk to God and reason with God and give God opportunity to answer him. God at the end of Job in verses 38 through in chapters 38 through 41 answers Job's complaint. He answers Job's pain. He answers Job's trouble. And it just starts out, I'm not going to read all of these chapters, but he says this, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. And he said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? (laughs) Who are you that don't know what you're saying? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, make it known. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when it determined its measurements or stretched the line upon it? Where were you who shut in the sea with the doors and who burst out the wombs of the clouds in its garments? How far will you come no farther, and how proud the waves have stayed? Have you commanded the morning since your days began? Have you caused the dawn to know its place? Have you changed the clay under the seal and the features like the garment? Have you entered the springs of the sea and walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the express of the earth and declared all that it is? And God goes on for four chapters asking Job if he's been to the top of the mountains and the center of the earth and the corners of the universe, if he understands the complexity and the power that God has. And for four chapters... God humbles Job, and he makes Job feel this big compared to God of the universe, who is huge. He makes Job understand his place. He makes Job understand his position before God. The one with all the wisdom and all the power and all the answers is God, not you. It's God, not me. I am limited. My perspective is skewed. My feelings are not the end all be all. I am not the one with all of the answers. God is. So when we cast our cares on Him, step number one is to humble yourself and realize that you don't know it all. Realize that the universe doesn't revolve around you and to realize that God is bigger than any of your problems, your opinions or your understanding. Let God be in charge. So the first step that we take is we humble ourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, at the proper time, he may exalt you. One of the greatest challenges we have in difficulties is saying, we want what we want now. We want it to change now. We want our stuff back now. We want our family member who died not to have died. We want this COVID-19 to be gone. We want our business back in order. We want it done and we want it done now. But when God is in charge, he does it in the proper time and he knows when that time is, so we humble ourselves. So that he can exalt us. So cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. So once we've humbled ourselves, we now go to the second step. And Job, Job in the story of Job, he understood this and Job responded after those four chapters of being humbled and Job said, uh, Job answered God and said, I know in verse chapter 42, verse 2, that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I therefore despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So Job humbled himself and he repented. Maybe you have to repent some things and you're complaining before the Lord and he came to the spot where it was time to now cast all of your cares on him. So how do we do that? How do we take our burdens and how do we cast them on God? Today I wanna show you and demonstrate just a simple practice. It's that summer camp practice that you can do. You can do this literally or you can do this spiritually in your life at any moment of any time. And it's a practice that I call casting, where you literally take those complaints, where you take those troubles, where you take those burdens, and you throw them to God. Will you join me outside as I demonstrate casting? So the exercise of casting, it can be a physical exercise that you go through, something that you literally do, or it can be something spiritual, something that you just have a conversation with God about. Either way, the principle is the same. To cast your cares on Jesus is to simply take those burdens that you are carrying, those complaints that you have, identify them, and throw them away. Cast them on to Christ. Give him those books. So find a quiet place where you can have some communion with God, whether it's a, a secret place in your house where you pray together. But I want to strongly encourage you to go outside. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, and there's nothing to remind us, nothing better to remind us about God's power and God's presence being out in nature. Whether you find some place in the woods or or on a mountain trail, whether you get next to the lake or at an ocean, I want to encourage you to go through the practice of casting as a very spiritual exercise that you undertake. I'm in the middle of the woods here and I've found a stick and there's a couple others that I could pick up and that I could use to kind of represent the burdens that I might be carrying or that you might be carrying now. Maybe you're one of those families that's lost everything in the fire and you're having to rebuild and and just the frustration of all of those things, all of those memories, all those possessions being lost, the uncertainty of knowing about the future. You may take your object and and just write on it, fire. You might also want to include thoughts about your future or even finance. How are you going to pay for this? How are you going to to do this? You're going to have to move to a new location so you could write move. Maybe you're a family that's got school-age kids and what the plan was two weeks ago is now totally different. And you're having to adjust your entire schedule and your entire life. Maybe you're a teacher in the same boat. And you might have to say, you know what? I'm, I'm frustrated by school. I'm frustrated by my schedule. I I, I, have, to, I have to now be a, a, a teacher or stay at home. And you start writing all these things down and, and, and your, your, your burdens are, are just represented in this object. Maybe you're a a business owner or maybe just a head of your household and you're trying to provide for your family, but right now times are tough and and you're trying to lead a group of people, you're trying to get through this season and everything's changing and there's just uncertainty and you're not sure what to do. Maybe you're discouraged in in a relationship that's hard or falling apart. You just take whatever those burdens are. It might be the name of a person that you write down. It might be the time that you struggle. It might just be depression or discouragement or anger that you put on your object. Take those things and identify them. And instead of complaining to other people about them, literally show them to God and represent them. And whether you're outside physically doing this like I am now or in your quiet place, just identifying these things through prayer, pray over these things. Talk to God about your kids being home for school Talk to God about your business. Talk to God about the future and the house that you are looking for. And ask God to take the lead. Give him control. Ask him to be the one that provides. Put the name of that sickness down. Ask him to be the one that heals. Put the name of that that child down and ask him to be the one that brings growth in their lives. Put that addiction down and ask God to give you victory over it. And once you've identified and spent some time praying over those things, you take then those problems and those cares and literally cast them, throw them off, get rid of them. At Branch Life, we put these things on stones and put them at the foot of the cross. That was before any of 2020 happened. And we wanna go through this practice spiritually or physically every time we need to. Cast all your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. He's there to listen. He's there to put his arm around you. He's the one that has the power to save and can heal your soul. So cast your cares on him. He's the one that promises to carry your burdens for you. So trust him. Know that he's the one that's more able to carry it better than you ever could. Cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Whenever you need to do this, take a moment and hand it off. Then when you throw them away, You don't go and run and pick them back up again. You don't pick them back up the next hour or the next moment. Realize that it is gone, that it is taken care of. Plant your roots firmly in Jesus and allow peace and allow kindness and allow joy to now flood in your soul. When the complaints are gone, when the burdens are are taken care of, you can refill your soul with joy and with peace and with kindness and with self-control. So as a follower of Jesus, he asks you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So that activity of casting is something we want to encourage you with. I want to thank you again for joining us today as we talked over Psalm 55. And remember, God hears you. God cares for you and he wants to listen. God has the ability to save you. And God is the one that wants you to cast your cares on him. He'll carry your burden for you. As we close our thoughts together today and we think about this idea of complaining, remember, we can complain up, but let's not complain out. God is not a fan of being complained against. As a matter of fact, he punishes people in God's word for overly complaining against God, but he does want to hear about our troubles and our burdens. But here's a truth that I think we need to end with today, and it's just a simple statement that I want to give you. Complaining is not a fruit of the Spirit. Complaining is not a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and self-control are. In other words, when I find myself complaining, I'm not being led by the Spirit in those moments. I'm being led by my flesh. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. But when you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit, you are able to replace complaining with love, joy, peace, and patience. Which would you rather be known as? Would you rather be known as a complaining person or would you rather be known as someone who is joyful, who is patient, who is kind, and who is self-controlled? So whatever the burdens are, I want to encourage you to strengthen your relationship with Jesus so that you bear this fruit. At Branch Life Church, we believe the stronger your connection to Christ, the greater your reach and the more fruit you will bear. How do some people get through 2020 with joy, with patience, with kindness and serving others? How do they do that? They do that by strengthening their connection to Christ. Talking to God. Casting their cares on Him. And allowing Him to carry their burdens when life hurts. Hey, we all get here. We all get to these moments where we just feel like we need to vent. And we need to to let it all out. The Bible shows us this in Psalms that every single one of us need to have a safe place to complain and to release our burdens to. God offers that safe place. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Have a great rest of your week.